Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. Your boy Samuel here. I got with me my boy Ajayi. Recently Sorry. of US Today Sports Now. My boy going up big time. Say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? Uh, Ajayi here again. I'm back, finally. You know, like last time I came on here, it was before the season started. We, we went over Philadelphia. What, what would happen if Harden went to Philly instead of Brooklyn? You know, we and we spoke about like about like who who would be the best leader for the Nets, and now just everything has changed since then in the basketball world. And me and Sam and I are here to break it down. Yeah. So um, before we get into the Nets, because you know we are going to talk about your team, the Nets. I want to talk about some the All Star news that has come out recently. Of course, you know we had the All Star starters announced. I believe it was like last week. This week, we got the All-Star Reserves. Mm-hmm. Of course, we got um, Shams. He tweeted out the All-Star Reserves just yesterday night before before TNT actually had it planned. So in the West, we got Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis, who today got replaced by Devin Booker. In the mm-hmm. East, we got James Harden of your Nets, Julius Randle of my Knicks, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, and Vucevic from the Magic. So who stuck out to you from either the West and or the East and why? Hmm. A surprise pick that they had as a reserve was actually Zion for me. Mm. I thought they would at least wait one more year to like throw him in there, like especially in a jam-packed Western Conference where when – where Zion's not even the best player on his team is Brandon Ingram. Well, for the moment, of course, they decide to choose Zion instead of him. And I'm pretty sure, like, Devin Booker, I'll put Devin Booker into that All-Star game over Zion. But Zion was there after the first results came in. That was a big shocker for me. What about you? Um, Zion didn't surprise me that much because I know the league is, like, really pushing to market Zion. Because like mm-hmm. as like the future face of the league, um, it, deservedly so I guess you can say because of how exciting how exciting his game is and how dominant he is in such a short mm-hmm. period of time. But um, the big surprise to me was actually um, I guess you could say Vucevic, just because the Magic mm-hmm. were so not not that far down the rankings, but like they're not necessarily a good team. Not of course by Vucevic's fault because he's been like killing it this year. Um. But yeah, I thought they would have like either a Sabonis or somebody else. But I mean, I mean, it just shows you how deep the league is with talent of how many people can be an all star this year and years before, mm-hmm. of course. But like this year, especially, it feels like there was a lot of snubs mm-hmm. and you could go down almost every team in the East and like point out all stars that were snubbed like Middleton. You can make arguments maybe for Tobias Harris. You got Jeremy Grant, Gordon Hayward. Um, you got so many people in the league. It's it's so hard to like make these cuts, and I'm 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 so glad I don't have to make these decisions. Because so. <laughs> like this Same. just seems so stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Nik- Nikola Vucevic, as you mentioned, he's actually been a player that I've admired for years. You know, like he's always been that consistent big man that can get you a double double and he can rebound the ball well. He's just been dealing with injuries through the years. You know, he has never gotten a squad that is able to contend. So 
although he's an all-star this year, I want to see him in a position where he's able to contend for a championship or able to contend in, for at least a conference because he's always been, I guess you can say, mediocre on this Orlando Magic team. You know, Montenegrin big man right there. Yeah. Um, like, he's been killing it from three. I think he's shooting, like, 40% or something like that on, like, five, three, five attempts, I believe, a game. Mm-hmm. But, like... Yeah, like the the magic. I I I said this on the last episode I did recently. I was just like, Orlando's that team that just needs to like give up on trying to rebuild and be a playoff team at the same time because it hasn't worked for them. And like this year with all the injuries, it's like a sign, basically, like mm-hmm. telling them to just like time to give out Vucevic, Fournier, Terrence <laughs> Ross, ship them out to playoff teams, see what you could get back, and embrace the rebuild full mm-hmm. on because it's doing a disservice to guys like Vucevic having right. to play on eighth seeds every year and now they're like like 13th in the in the east or something right now so like mm-hmm. it just doesn't so, help what to do with Aaron Gordon you think yeah Aaron or Aaron Gordon's intriguing because he would help actually a lot of contenders but he's also still type young so like mm-hmm. they could go either or with him it depends on how the front office views him if they view him as part of their future i mean it hasn't necessarily played out to Aaron Gordon's full potential there in my in my best belief I don't think he's lived up to his full potential there but I think he'd probably be better suited on some other teams would you want rather have him on a contending team or a team where he can get another fresh start and try to carry that team I wouldn't want to see him try to carry I would just like to see him like fit in somewhere like a a playoff contending team something like that Mm -hmm. like have like a less a lessened role yeah, less in role mm-hmm. and like not have the expectations of being the lottery pick from that team. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of times you see these players, they have this burden of trying to live up to the expectation of where they were drafted. And it just doesn't work out because you just sometimes need a fresh start. Like look at Markel Fultz in Orlando. He's not there. He's not their number one overall pick. So it works out better for him than if he remained in <laughs> Philly. He would always have that tag of, oh. He was the number one pick, but he's not living up to it. Such so, stuff, something like that. Right. I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this All Star Weekend plays out in general because, like, they're jamming everything into one day. Pre-game, you got the skills in the three-point contest, and halftime, you have the dunk contest. How do you feel about all that being just condensed into one thing? I feel like it's just the league trying <laughs> to adapt to what, what, what we got to deal with right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody has to adapt to the way the world is right now. Uh, well, mainly America, if you if you want to be specific right now. Um, it's weird. We all know it's weird, but we got to get used to it. I don't really like the format, um, but if it's the only thing that can work and if it could work better for the league and the players, then I guess we, I guess we'll let it work, you know? What yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I'm not a fan of all-star weekend in general this year specifically, because what? I feel like it's, I feel like it just, it's, it's just a risk that the league doesn't need to take because like, first of all, it's in Atlanta. We already know how Atlanta's rocking with, with Rona right now. Like mm-hmm. they just don't care. 
I've seen flyers of all the all-star parties that's going up over there. <laughs> it's just not the place to be. Like, if they want to have all-star weekend, why not just, like, throw it in, like, Idaho or something? Like, somewhere <laughs> obscure where, like, players will have no choice but to stay in their hotels. But, they but like... some money, you know? Yeah, exactly. The league is all about their money. <laughs> so, they did it in Atlanta. That was, that was already one thing. And then to have everything in have all the best players in one area it just maximizes the risk of like if just one player gets it then boom how many more are gonna get it and then that just leaks into the second half of the schedule that just got leaked that just got released today too mm-hmm. but yeah you de- and then you got some teams dealing with their best players out for like two weeks because health and safety protocols and whatnot mm-hmm. so that's so my only sure. problem with it mm-hmm. High risk, high reward. That's what the league is going for on this move. Yeah. I mean, hopefully everyone stays safe and then we don't have anyone dealing with this in the second half of the season. So, yeah. All right. Um, Moving off the all-star talks, recently um, there was a Bleacher Report um, article that came out I think it was a, like two days ago about Porzingis being quietly gauged. Like the Mavericks are quietly gauging his interest ar- around the league for like his trade value. And then Ian Begley of SNY came out the following day confirming that and saying they've reached out to teams like the Warriors of possibly like trying to find out what Porzingis's trade value is like. So how do you feel about Porzingis' time in Dallas possibly being up already after they just recently acquired him. It didn't have to go down this way. Um, <laughs> you know? Like, he, he played for the Knicks, then wanted out. Comes yep. to Dallas, tries to prove a point to not just the Knicks, but every basketball fan that he can still play like on that all-star level that he reached playing for you guys, you know, the Knicks. And then in the playoffs, he just gets hurt. Regular season, he just gets hurt. It's just he can't catch a break. He deserves a break. Like, he's been grinding all his whole life to make it to this point in his career. And now it's just a matter of just staying healthy. He just can't do that. And the league is understanding that. They're not going to offer a lot for Kristaps Porzingis in a trade package, which is why I think Dallas will end up keeping him but they're going to lessen his role and not rely on him as much and probably push him to maybe getting like that third star, you know, treatment. If not the third star, maybe just a a regular contributor, a regular role player, because they can't keep depending on his presence when, because they need him. Luca can't do it all by himself. You know, they have other players like Maxi Kleber, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. that are finding, you know, comfortability playing with this Dallas system. And with Chris Epps out, the chemistry is always going to be off if he's not always playing. So that's why I think about that whole situation. It's, it's extremely unfortunate for both sides. Well, as a Knicks fan who owns Dallas's pick this year, <laughs> I am dancing all over their grave if they cannot find a way to trade Porzingis and keep him. Because, first of all, the whole Porzingis situation went down so differently from our por- from our point of view than it got leaked out to the world. It made the Knicks seem like they were the villains this whole time in this story. They were not. 
they may have handled the um phil jackson may have handled dealing him or like trying to find his value the same way dallas is right now they mm. may phil jackson may have handled it bad i will say that but it, all in all he was right i mean phil, phil jackson's whole philosophy was that he doesn't trust porzingis's frame to hold up over time because as you can see now it's like constant injuries he had the acl tier in new york they dealt him to dallas I mean, all all of New York, not media, but like New York fans in general were just like, just wait. His body will not hold up out over time because every year when he was in New York, it was a constant issue of late in the season. Oh, he's fatigued. And then, oh, he's dealing with lower body Im- injuries. And then over time, Knicks fans started to worry. It was like, is this guy going to be able to hold up for us to be our franchise star? Do we want to pay him max money? That's when the trade came up. They trade him to Dallas. Dallas pays him the max money. And now they're seeing that, hey, it might not be worth it. Let's try to see what we can get for him. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they might not get much for him right now because his value is so low. And I necessarily don't even think that they they need Porzingis because I think that they actually play better without him because he's that much of a defensive liability now. And then offensively, he doesn't give you as much as you're hoping he does. And you just can kind of shore it up with the other role players who are not as consistent, but they'll still give you that 20 points that he can mm-hmm. give you. But 20 points is a lot. It is, but like, like you can like if you could spread it out across like three role players instead of having it condensed in Porzingis, who will take like some of those fadeaways that he doesn't make in the post because he's not a good post player, or some of those long threes that he takes because he's not as an efficient shooter as he thinks he is, then you can if you can get it from other role players, you you kind of don't mind him being out. And as you can see in the last but two it's, games, it's not that guaranteed if you're relying on role players because role yeah, of players are not. role players for a reason. Of course not, but like Porzingis has been playing like a role player. Uh, he's been playing like a role player since he came back. <laughs> look, he he hasn't even gotten the time to like find his rhythm following an and injury that's the, because. And, and look, and, and look, that's the main problem because old. he's always he's, dealing with injuries. Doncic is twenty-one years old. <laughs> Chris Stapps is twenty-five years old. He needs to say to himself right now, "Okay, I keep getting hurt." So I need to load manage. I need to load manage. I cannot play every game in the season. Until he says to himself and says to Mark Cuban and says to everybody that plays on that Dallas team that I have to load manage so you guys can play me in the playoffs, we're going to keep seeing these problems with Chris Stats Przingis. And let, yes, you, all y'all Knicks fans are going to be rejuvenating happy <laughs> celebrating like it's a party because he he's not finding that that all-star form that everybody kept raving about when you guys traded him away because why like, everybody just looked at the, like the way he played the one everyone saw what he did for you guys but you know <laughs> hey the one thing that was super blasphemous from from media that they said when we traded him max kellerman compared the dude to kareem abdul jabbar that from that point <laughs> forward i stopped taking serious what mainstream media has said about Kristaps Porzingis the Knicks anything in general like when Max Kellerman said that that's when he became like a joke he was already a joke before but like that's when he became even more of a joke like you can't make blasphemous statements like that he compared Luca and KP to Magic and Kareem you can't do stuff like that dog you can't but anyway yeah like I was saying we own their pick this year this year's draft as you probably know is supposed to be 
It's a loaded draft, dude. Like, even if we come away with a pick that's like in the teens, we could still get a quality dude. I mean, look, we found quickly at pick 25. You guys are going to be pretty good next year. (laughs) Pretty good next year. All I'm hoping is that they miss the playoffs so there's a chance that it gets in the lottery, man. That's all I'm hoping for. There's no way the New York Knicks are going to miss the playoffs the first year the Nets are actually contending for a championship. You guys (laughs) are going to want to see the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs first round. You guys are going to make it that way. If anybody I, in New York wins <laughs> that isn't the Knicks, they have to go through the Knicks. And I and I believe the Knicks understand that, and they're going to try to get that seed to play the Nets. If I not, would not mind. I wouldn't mind seven games of home court advantage. I wouldn't mind it. You wouldn't I would mind. Not mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. And I think you know what I'm <laughs> you think I'm, you, yep. you know what I'm getting okay. at. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're getting at. But then again, it's like, why have seven home games if you're not going to advance to the next round like you're just playing to like get ready for the draft you know like, you know what you saw you saw my piece on why i think the knicks are not tanking this year it's important right. to develop the winning culture so even if it is a oh, first boy. round exit it's still valuable experience for our young guys so i will take that so mm. as we shift from the porzingis rumors actually before we shift from the porzingis rumors do you think they move off him this season or do they wait till the offseason? They wait. They wait. So you they, think they, they want to see how it plays out? Good enough. Either, either way, to like get something back that's close to what he can be when he's healthy, if they give up on him now. If they keep him, they have a chance of increasing, not, not only increasing his value, but maybe he could find his rhythm back again. Who knows? You know, like... I don't. Yeah. I never like really like giving up on players right away. So, you know, I I'll give him another chance if I'm them. Because I've seen I've seen Mavericks fans on Twitter. They they are interested in getting um John Collins. That's one name I've heard a lot. Mm-hmm. Because like of course the the Hawks are shopping him now because they don't want to. I guess they don't want to pay Trey. him the max money. Oh, I, th- I heard it was because he had problems with Trey Young and the chemistry. Well, I mean, the whole team has problems with Trey Young because of his play style, but that's that's another conversation for another day. Um, which also attributes to why he got snubbed by the coaches. But um, yeah, John Collins, they don't want to pay him the max money that he wants to get paid. Mavericks, I heard, are interested in him, and I've heard another name of Andre Drummond. Or oh, they're not getting Andre. Well, I mean, the money works out for an Andre Drummond, Chris Stapp straight up swap if you look at it. But I, mm, I don't know. But then again, it, I don't know if I don't know if Cleveland's really willing to do that either. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like they're gonna get the same situation that you guys went through when you guys had Chris Stapps and Dallas is going through right now with Chris Stapps. And if I have a young core like the Cavs with Jared Allen, Colin Sexton. There is Garland. Why am I going to bet on this guy that, you know, hasn't proven that he could stay on that court? Yeah, true. Very true. I guess Mavericks fans are just being hopeful. They can just get something for him at this point because I've seen a lot of them. They've, they've soured on him quicker than New York has. Like, mm-hmm. they, because, like, I I, Can't blame I think, I think they see, like, Luca such a, a generational talent. They're like, we don't want to waste any years of his career. Mm-hmm. So why not just maximize them? Mm-hmm. I like that idea. They know you know it's true, <laughs> of <laughs> like, course. Mm-hmm. But like moving on from Porzingis rumors, let's talk about your team, 
Brooklyn Nets, of course, they made the trade that I was strongly against, as we spoke about in the preseason, mm-hmm. um, about um, traded, traded um, Karis LeVert. They didn't trade as much as I thought they were going to trade. I'll say that as, yeah. as in players, mm-hmm. but like yeah. they gave up a lot of picks, but like picks mean nothing if they, if you can't draft well. So there's that. That's why I was a big fan of the Philly package instead of the um, Brooklyn package, because at least you get mm-hmm. like Simmons and like a Maxi or a Thibault. The Philly understood. They were like, okay, we're not trading Ben. We'd rather get dominated in the East than trade Ben. So they, chose. <laughs> <laughs> they chose. They chose. I mean, hey, we'll see if that decision comes back to bite them in the rear end later on in the postseason, see if they match up or whatnot. But um, your Nets the recently coming off. To blame them. Blame Philly for <laughs> allowing this to happen. They were the I, only I, <laughs> I, always, I always blame Philly when I say, like, why didn't they pull the trigger? Like, mm. even, like, when the trade first happened, I was like, yeah, Philly messed up. Like, come on now. You can't do that. You can't mm-hmm. allow you can't you can't allow your 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 competition in your conference to get up on you like that. Yeah. But especially if all you need all you have to do is just give up not even your best player, you have to do that. Yeah, it, it makes you so much it makes you better on so many levels. But um you guys recently cut you guys are on like a what? Like a five, six game win streak or something like that or seven game? What seven. is it? They're on a seven-game win streak. Seven-game win streak, guys. Just yep. beat the Kings last night. I did not tune into that game. I've tuned into actually a lot of Nets games because they actually are somewhat of an entertaining watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, you have like three electric scores and Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Um, Kevin Durant hasn't played on that Suns game. That Suns that game, played, <laughs> and that's I, I, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't think I forgot. <laughs> Nah, I knew he was going to bring that up because I did mention in the timeline. I was like, I forgot what I said. (laughs) There was something like, I I think the Nets were like down like 15 going into the fourth quarter. And you were like, oh, Chris Paul about to put them away. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bro. To to my point, though, Chris Paul was giving y'all work in that fourth quarter. He, he was, was giving y'all work in that fourth quarter. That's why, that's why I was like, damn it, Sam. Every time, every time he had a shot, I'm like, damn. And then, let's see, you know, Hardy just took over. He finally stopped missing because they started doubling him. And that's when Devin Booker had to step up on Shamit, but he did it. So, that's yeah, that, that post up by Devin Booker, I was like, how can't you score on Shamit? Like, that just, that just confused me. But Look, all right, he's a star player, so we all expect him to score on that play. But Shaman played that play really well. Like you got to did. I will give Shaman credit on that. He's he's not he's not typically known as a good defender or even a a, a solid one, but mm-hmm. he 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 gave it up on the on the possession at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all just came off like a dominant road trip. Y'all beat the whole Pacific Division in the Kings, mm-hmm. the Suns, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers. Um, I'll give y'all credit for that. Because I didn't think that y'all would, um, I didn't think y'all would win that Suns game. Of course, as you saw my tweet, and mm-hmm. then of um, the Lakers game, I kind of expected y'all to beat the Lakers a little bit because I just noticed that the Lakers just been like giving it up to everybody recently. Mm-hmm. So like they let anybody beat them now. <laughs> like they let Washington, who's been hot, beat them. <laughs> they let Detroit take them to a couple overtimes. Like they just letting everybody just wash them now without AD. But um. The Clippers game was very interesting because of the way it ended. There were some adjustments that, like, Ty Lue was, like, 
tinkering with, which was interesting with like Sergi Baca and Zubac and their minutes with how you guys play DeAndre Jordan and then how you guys run like Bruce Brown and um, Jeff Green um, at certain points at the four and five. So I thought that was interesting. But the very end of the game, Kawhi Leonard is coming down. He's driving. He does extend, but James Harden is like, he's hacking him a bit. He's hacking him a bit, but like you have the right as the offensive player to like shed contact a little bit. Kawhi could have drew a foul. Kawhi could have drew the foul, but like Harden, you know, he he um he flopped basically (laughs) and he sold the play and they gave Kawhi the offensive foul. And to me, this go this is not even about the Nets, because like props to Harden for like selling it and getting the call or whatever. But, like, mm. the refs this year have just been awful. I don't know if you noticed this. Oh, yeah. Every they've been, they've been awful. Out. Like, like text, last night injections. last night in the Knicks game, Ooh. Kelly Oubre drives down to the basket. RJ, he, he kind of, like, nudges RJ Barrett, but RJ basically goes vertical, mm. doesn't touch him, doesn't initiate the contact, at least. They call the foul on RJ Barrett. We challenge. They look at it. They're like, yeah, it's still a foul on RJ Bear. And then that was basically game over from that point. And we lost that game. I, will, I, I don't like to blame the refs for losing games. But at that moment, like certain moments, you know when the refs have taken over and they've mm-hmm. like messed up that game for you. So how how, how you how you been feeling about the refs this year before we get back to your nets? This year, the refs have to get better. I know they're trying their hardest. I understand that they're trying to get as many calls right as possible, but there's just so many clear calls that once we're able to see what's going on on TV and we see it replay after replay after replay, it just reminds us of how bad of a call these refs made. And that's more common this year, as you said, like last night, or it was last night right during that game. Yeah. Yeah, like last night, like that's a game-costing type of, you know, call. And these refs are are willing to like make that call without any regrets. Like they're willing to do it no matter what, as long as um they are making a call. Sometimes they just have to allow the players to play. Yep, just know, let them play. You know, just let them play because at the end of the day, if you're if you're making a call, you're just taking away from the entertainment that everyone's here to see, and that's just these two teams, these these superstars, or let's say like these. These this talent, these talents go up against each other and giving up giving up their all. So Yeah, like like my whole issue with the Clippers and Nets ending, those are two heavyweights. That's a possible finals matchup. And then the mm-hmm. refs just came in and like ruined the ending. Like we could have had overtime of that game. That would have been exciting for a Sunday night, um a Sunday night um primetime matchup. Like right. they just ruined but, it. But you also gotta remember too, like some of these refs, they make calls late in the game. Because they're trying to make up for calls that they miss. Yeah, and the it's like and it's the inconsistency that that, that yes. bugs me the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For like, sure, if like, they're consistent, people wouldn't have an issue as much. But they're inconsistent. Right. There's some refs that I can say like get most of their calls right, and they're more consistent than others. But the fact that, like you're saying, there's more inconsistencies within all these refs than consistencies. That's a problem. Yeah, so um, getting back to your Nets, they've been dominant recently. Their defense has improved a bit. I know early on they were like really like giving it up to teams like 
They was just like letting teams do whatever on them. They've kind of shorted up a little bit. One thing I noticed is that D'Antoni, I guess he's kind of implemented the same switching scheme that he used with Houston just last year when they had Westbrook at like, basically Westbrook as like the pseudo five where like mm-hmm. they just like switch everything. And I noticed that you guys are doing that more. So like, mm-hmm. what have you thought of your Nets recent like changes, I guess, internally? And as well as some of the like roster moves that you made, I noticed that you guys um, signed Shump, Roberson and Von Lee waived mm-hmm. some of them and then signed some of them back to the 10 days, which was weird to me. But um, yeah, how mm-hmm. do you feel? How you feeling so far about the Nets and what they've been uh, doing? In regards to the offense that you're describing where we, where they, uh, Mike D'Antoni had Westbrook at the five and stuff. First of all, I just want to go on and say Mike D'Antoni is a genius. He's an oh, offensive mastermind. I can't believe he's this, like, ahead in the game when it comes to getting offenses set up like this. Like, the way he 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 just helps this Nets team, like, operate offensively, even with no big man at the five, like, no, no true big man at the five at most of the time, just shows, like, wow, like, he can make this lineup work? That's dangerous for the rest of the league, you know. No offense, because now teams have no choice but to adapt to what the Nets are throwing at them. The Clippers, they had Serge Ibaka um, dominating the game in the first quarter um, in the first matchup, and then they were up, like, double digits. But then the Nets' offense just became too much for um, the Clippers, so they had no way but to go small to close against the Nets. And I was like, wow, like, we're forcing teams, not we, but the Nets, they're forcing teams to you know, like match up with them. And Bruce Brown, he's surprising to me. He's extremely surprising to me. He's a great pickup by the Nets. He's only 6'3". He's playing the five. And he, he can shoot better than Westbrook sometimes behind the arc, but he's not even shooting the three ball. He's knowing what he's finding out when it's the right time to cut and slash. And he's very great at that. That's something that Westbrook wasn't pushing for when he was in Houston because Westbrook wanted the ball. He wanted to dribble the ball. He wanted to create for others. Bruce Brown knows he's not going to create for others, even though he can once he slashes, because Bruce Brown is just trying to give Harden or Kyrie or when KD's playing, they, he just wants to give them space. And if they're, if they're getting doubled or trapped, he wants to be the guy that cuts in and gets that little floater that he likes to go to or maybe just getting to an easy layup when the defense is collapsed because of those three superstars. So he's just literally playing his role, sacrificing, and he's perfecting it. And I love that about him. Yeah, that was one of the the pickups that I actually like from you guys because, like, mm-hmm. I know that he can play, like, some really good defense. I never expected or anticipated him playing, like, any, like, four or five minutes. But, mm-hmm. like, I did expect him to, like, be a, a main contributor to your guys' offense, your defense, I mean, because mm-hmm. of um, – because I, I, I kind of, like, caught some of his – caught some of his games when he was um, in Detroit. And, like, that was the reputation that he built for himself there. And they were really high on him, so it was really surprising when they traded him to you guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do I do like Bruce Brown. He is a he's a solid um pickup for you guys. How do you feel about the pickups of um Roberson. I guess Roberson and a Shumper and I don't even want to say Vonley because I guess you guys waived him, but yeah, I guess those yeah. two guys. Yeah, that was the part of the question I, I forgot to get to. Okay, so Andre Roberson, great pickup. That's such a steal too, and they're gonna keep him. For the longevity of things right now is just they're trying to see if he's going to fit into the system if you can defend 
and this team already doesn't have a lot of defenders and you're a wing defender, you're staying on this team. No matter what happens, Andre Robertson is going to have a roster spot for this team in a month, in two months, by the time the playoffs come. So I like that move a lot. He just needs to get that three ball going. So there is no, I guess you could say, liability offensively for the Nets. Um, yeah, because the teams will start playing like four on five on y'all. <laughs> exactly. Even though the Nets still can score when it's like a four on five because they have Kyrie, because they have Harden, because they have KD. It yeah. would just help if you could just develop that three ball just so you could take l- lots of pressure off those um, shoulders of the superstars. But Von Ley, oh, he's just not playing like how I saw him play when he was in, on the Knicks. Like, he was good for us. I liked him here. I loved him when he was on the Knicks. I was like, wow, Noah Vonley really improved because I was really high on him when he first got drafted um, to the Hornets, I believe. And then he went to the Trailblazers and then he went to the Knicks. And I was like, okay, like, he was a, he was a lottery pick. And then he came into the league. It was just like, he wasn't transitioning well from his, you know, his college game into the league. And I was just like, hmm. Maybe it's because the beginning stages of his career, who knows? But when I see him play out there, it's just like he's not bringing that that it factor for the Nets at that position where he's still one of the biggest players on the court and on our team. He's not giving you like that vibe that, oh, I'm even though I can stretch the floor, like I'm going to make sure to rebound when I can. I'm going to make sure to defend and show that, you know, I'm big. He's not, you know, he's not being that player that's leaving a big impact. And that's why... Pell got um, Norvell Pell got cut quick, and I yeah, I realized you guys cut him like super fast. Yeah, super quick because they want that big man that's going to show his dominance defensively. And if they're not going to do that or rebound, then they want you to at least stretch the floor. If you're not doing all any of those and you're a big man, you're getting cut from this team. That's why I'm I'm actually afraid. I'm pretty sure Vonley didn't wasn't one of the players that got another ten day contract yesterday. Yeah, he did yeah, Roberson and um Iman Shumper did. Yeah, so Vonley, he he lost his spot. I I I still have high hopes for Noah Vonley throughout his career. But the Nets right now, what they're looking for is that type of player right now because they're they're ready to contend for a championship. Noah Vonley would do well on any other team that's not contending at this moment because they, they're gonna have um, you know, they're not gonna have the type of talents the Nets have right now. But yeah. right now, the Nets like, are win now championship mode. Mm-hmm. And like, if you can't do that, if you can't contribute to that, see ya. Yep. That's why the Nets are even considering the Marcus just because he's the Marcus Cousins. I don't think they're going to close in on the deal, but they're just doing it because he's the Marcus Cousins. But I think the drama is going to fill that spot. Trust me. Mm. I just have a great feeling. I mean, I, I, I am not, I don't even know, like, on the Demarcus Cousins thing. I don't know why a team like the Nets would um, go after him. Just for the simple mm-hmm. fact that, like, Nets need someone that's at least mobile. DeMarcus <laughs> yeah. Cousins hasn't yes. been mobile. Like, yep. he's like he's like a solid pick and – he's an okay – not even solid. He's an all right pick and pop mm-hmm. option. But, like, even then, his three is not falling to the rate where, like, yo, he's, like, a legitimate pick-and-pop threat. And it's right. not even worth the kicking the tires on it at this point. It hurts me just watching him play right yeah, it now. Does. Because how, we used to, we're used to seeing him be so dominant, like, years ago. Yeah, he used to have, like, 40, down. 20, and 10 games. Yeah, he used to run the fast break himself. Now yeah. he's, like, you know, like, 
he's allowing the other players to run ahead of him while he's like he's the last walking the fast break court. this time. Yeah, like, it's it hurts, but it's like damn, I don't want that on the Nets, you know, like yeah, it just makes more liabilities for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not completely still sold on you guys going all the way to the finals. What? Mainly because I'm a hater. But, <laughs> but, but I still don't trust you guys' defense come playoff time. I don't know. Maybe maybe everyone will like really like ramp up and like legitimately lock in. But mm-hmm. like there can't be no DeAndre Jordan minutes in a playoff series if uh, if he plays like how he played for the majority of the season. I know recently he's you been like, he oh, right. Trying. You know he was not trying defensively. But, like, even still, he's still, like, legitimately still somewhat of a liability against, like, center. I, I, I'm I still waiting to see Joel and beat face you guys because I just cannot wait to see if, like, he puts up, like, 50 and, like, 20 just for that simple reason. Where did he beat him um, when he, in that first matchup? But they now, had talking about out. recently with, like, your new right, yeah. the new squad. I want to see I want to see Embiid versus this new squad because Embiid's – He's been he's been crazy this year. I don't know if he's at the top of your MVP rankings. Uh, but like at the top of my MVP rankings, it's him. Yeah. Jokic and Donovan Mitchell in that top three. Mm, Donovan Mitchell, that's an interesting three. I do want to get back to the MVP rankings real quick. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as I said, I'm not really convinced in your defense. Your guys' defense has stepped up. It's like ranked 22nd in the league now, which is up, an upgrade from where you guys were previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is improving. We'll see if it improves even more in the coming weeks as like we head towards the all-star break and then after the all-star break towards like when it's like legitimately like lock in time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, your offense is complete. I mean, like you guys don't need to add any more pieces to your offense. Like it's it's perfectly fine. Defense mm-hmm. is the one aspect where I think like teams will probably take advantage of in the playoffs. Um there are teams that have like the personnel to beat y'all, but they don't have the coaching that I trust. Like a Bucks team, I don't trust Budenholzer at all. Especially he, like he's been awful this season. I think, like mm-hmm. I would not trust Budenholzer in a series against like a mind like Mike D'Antoni. I would not trust. I don't really trust Dockers that much, but like he's done some things that I liked in Philly. Like he's like kind of like tapped into Tobias Harris a little bit, and like mm-hmm. they 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 play Joel Embiid a little bit in in they play Joel Embiid way more in the post now. Like he's not floating out a three point line like he used to, but yeah. I still don't trust Doc all the way. But then you guys got like coaches like Miami's coach, but like their team yeah. doesn't have like the personnel I would necessarily trust to beat y'all. So it's a very odd mix of things in the East that you guys can take advantage of and get to a finals. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that thing how it develops. All right, Sam. This is what I got for you. <laughs> the defense will improve as time passes because the team didn't even get to practice with each other when that trade first went through because the Nets already had that. players. The Nets already had players that haven't played with each other ever before. Because the Nets they they got rid of everything. Like I watched this team since like 2015, 2016. The only person I really say was Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie. Now yeah. you're having, like, a players that never played with each other before, like, with each other. And on top of that, you do a trade that sends more players that haven't played with each other to play with each other again. So now it's like, okay, like, this is the first time we're playing with each other, but we got to figure it out. What we've been seeing is just them figuring out. This would have just been, like, 
a month of or like two months of the off season if like you know that's usually when teams like get their full rosters before they actually have to go to you know go to the gym and start training with each other the Nets didn't get that coming into this season because you know it's a weird year and it's also yeah. like you know unprecedented year so like they had to like practice within the game that's why James Harden always had like more than five turnovers every game but now it's like he'll have like two turnovers one turnover with like 15 14 assists because he knows where to got where to find his guys now teams have to be prepared to score at least like at least 120 points if they want to keep up with the Nets, any that's for any team, the Lakers, yeah. the Clippers, the Knicks. But if the this Nets team just defends and keeps you under one hundred, even keeps you under one ten, what do you do? You can't do anything. That's yeah. why I want the Nets and the Knicks to face each other in the playoffs. It has to happen this way. <laughs> it really has to happen this way. The why? Because the, the old one of the best way. defenses versus one of the best offenses. Yep. yep. Just so. The offense for the Nets could just humiliate the the Knicks defense, and on top of that, there's gonna be a game in that series if the series does happen that you guys are gonna defend well coming out the f- gates in like the first quarter, and then in order for us to come back, the Nets will have to get multiple and consistent stops too, and that's how the Knicks will help the Nets get better in the playoff series if they do. <laughs> I mean, if they do face off, you know. So, so okay, so currently in the standings, you guys are the two seed. We are the seven seed. So if the playoffs did happen today, that would be the first round series. If that happens, we have to have, we have to have four or five or six or seven straight pods of just us two yep. going back and forth, going over each game. If that happens, it whatever. If then if you see that next that nasty next logo. <laughs> next, next to the Nets, and then you see first round series. Nets, Knicks. Y'all logo is so bland. Get out of here. Talk about our vibrant (laughs) orange logo. It's all going to go down. Whatever needs to be discussed, it will be discussed. We will (laughs) exploit everything the Knicks have been doing this whole year. And we forgot what you guys used. (laughs) So if that happens, there will be a series of pods with me and Ajayi talking about Nets, Knicks. Um, Stay tuned. I hope it does happen. I really do, Sam. You know you want it to happen. If the Knicks will, do anything, you want the Knicks to, like, somehow. Because you guys are sick people. All you Knicks fans are sick people. <laughs> <laughs> if the Nets get anything or come close to getting anything, you guys want a, a chance to stop it. <laughs> like, to put an end to it. You I know? mean, that's, that's how Knicks I know fans, you Knicks fans are. I've talked. I've talked to a whole bunch of Knicks fans. We don't want the. We don't. We are not necessarily afraid of a Nets first round series, but we want to pick our matchups smartly. Smarter, not smartly. Okay. I don't even think that's a word. We want to pick our. We want to pick our matchups smarter because we think we have better chances against teams like Indiana or Milwaukee, where their te- where their coaching stinks, or like even a Boston, where you see Boston has been like basically hovering around five hundred, just like us, the whole year. Sure. So we we feel better in matchups like those because we feel like those teams were better equipped to take advantage of them. With the Nets, we we know our defense will hold up in those games, but our offense just can't keep up. Our offense wait, wait, is You said the what is going to keep up? Our defense is going to keep the, up. The defense is going to keep up. But our with the Brooklyn but, like, Nets? but you, <laughs> what? the Knicks offense is going I mean the Knicks defense is going to keep up, but like our it offense our offense no stinks. defense that could keep up with this. All right, the offense the offense, I'll give you that. 
It stinks. But against the Nets, you guys will not stink. The offense will be like that Warriors offense with Clay and Curry and all of them. That's that'll be the offense against all the Nets. What I'm saying is that Julius Randle will get his, but I don't know about the rest of our squad, honestly. That's it. If Julius Randle goes down for like two weeks, God forbid, for or like a month, and you guys have to fight and get those games and get get those wins, you guys are gonna fa- fall into an eighth seed. And if the Nets are at that first seed, Nets are going for that first seed. The Nets will finish this regular season in the first seed. If you guys fall in that eighth seed slot, good luck. That's all I got to say. All I right. hope you guys don't fall in the eighth seed. I want you guys <laughs> to be a sixth seed and make it to the next round. And I still, yeah, I still I would, don't even think you guys see us in that round. No. I, I would mm. I would love for us to avoid the play-in altogether because if we end up seven or eight, we still have to go Oof. through the play-in games, mm. play nine and ten seeds or whatever it is. Like, that's just <laughs> extra stuff, extra, extra steps to the process. I, I don't need that right now. I'd oh, rather man. six and above. That's but, why I want um, to get rid of the playing games. He was thinking about me? the Knicks. Yeah, from the first pod. I didn't I ne- I didn't necessarily want to get rid of them, but like I I I'm okay with them now because I see that there are so many teams that like are in the mix. It will make it more entertaining at the end of the year. Every year it's not gonna be like this though. Like I said in the first pod that we did, mm. like some years the 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 ten and the nine seeds may be so far behind the eight seed. It may, it's like what's the point at that point? So, mm-hmm. like, this year, you see everything is close, so it makes more sense. Maybe the NBA knew that it was going to be like that, and that's why they did it. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it is what it is now. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to your MVP rankings, you said um, Donovan Mitchell was your third. I thought that was very interesting because a lot of people don't have Donovan Mitchell as high. Some people mm-hmm. didn't even want him in the All-Star game over Booker. Yeah. So... Like, a lot of people are down to Donovan Mitchell. I think it's because of his, like, percentages and, like, he's, like, sometimes inconsistent. But, like, mm-hmm. he's the leading scorer on the best team in the league with the best record. So, it's, like, you got to show him some type of respect. Like, some it people, is. when they talk about someone from Utah as their MVP candidate, they have, like, Rudy Gobert. And no offense to Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert, he, he, he he's amazing defensively for, as, like, an anchor for them. But, like, right. you got to give it to Mitchell for everything else that he does, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they right. have Clarkson and Conley that do their stuff as well and Bogdanovich. But, like, you still got to give your, your credit to, to Mitchell there. You have to. Without Donovan Mitchell, they have no leader. They have no one that could get them a bucket whenever he can. They have no one that draws attention from the defense. And the thing about the Utah Jazz, like you mentioned, they are the best team in the NBA right now. The thing about them that what makes them so successful is that they rely on like the depth and the the chemistry, the way their system is formed to win games. They lost a big piece last year in the playoffs in the name of Bojan Bogdanovic. They lost him and gave up a three one lead to Den- the Denver Nuggets. You know, and that was heartbreaking. If you were a Jazz fan, you had to witness that because you understand how better the Jazz were than the Denver Nuggets that season, but they had to lose to the Denver Nuggets because they were missing a 20-point-per-game shooter, sharp shooter, you know? And I just believe this season we're seeing Donovan Mitchell's best season ever. Like, he's averaging more than 24 a game. He's shooting more efficient. He's shooting the three ball more than he used to. And the Jazz have haven't even lost double-digit games i mean they haven't even lost double digit games yet like they only have about like six losses right now 
he is third in my vote. Even though, like, some will even put him higher than Jokic. I'm only having Jokic up there because he contributes more in other categories for his team. But Donovan Mitchell is third because he's so valuable to that team, that Utah team. Yeah, they're 25-6, and six and they've, like, went on a stretch where they've won, like, 20 out of their, like, last, like, 22, I want to say, or something like that. So like, they've insane. just been steamrolling teams and like the way they beat teams it's not like oh they're barely beating teams they're like smoking teams mm-hmm. and like the reason because of that is they get so hot from three like and when they get hot like when jordan clarkson starts like making these contested pull-ups from like 25 out like it's over for your team at that point like mm-hmm. you just gotta kiss a good night like when they were early in their win streak um my knicks had faced them and like Austin Rivers had went off that night in the first mm-hmm. half. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, he had like 25. I heard about that for a week. I, yeah, he, he, I heard about it for a week because <laughs> everybody just kept talking about it. Yeah. I thought Austin Rivers was going to have a breakout year after that game. <laughs> yeah, Knicks fans too, but like now he's out of the rotation because he's so inefficient mm-hmm. and inconsistent. So, but, I was wondering what happened to him. I thought he got injured or something. Nah, he, he got out of the rotation because Derrick Rose came quickly. in and Derrick Rose plays and quickly, like Derrick Rose mm-hmm. and quickly they play way better than him. So he had to get the boot. I mean, mm-hmm. he's welcome to be a, a cheerleader for the rest of the year, <laughs> but he, he he just only he only plays well when we play against Utah and like after that Utah had just we were close in that game with Utah um and then they just we went cold and then they started to shoot better and then it was over and that's what happens most nights when you're facing the Jazz like sometimes you're in it yeah. and then they get hot and then it's over yep and part of that so and part of that is why I kind of like am like doubting them in like a series against the Los Angeles Lakers or like a Clippers in the playoffs. Yeah. Because it's like relying on that type of hot shooting is just not reliable, especially in playoff games when the game slows down, when teams are like able to really game plan and scheme against you over a longer period of time. That type of shooting it's not going to catch teams by surprise anymore. They're going to be expecting it and they're going to shut down those paths to those type of shots. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason why I'm kind of down. I'm not down on Utah as like a regular season team. Cause like they've been like destroying teams, but I like come playoff time. I do have my concerns about them. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to find out last year if they just would have just made it to the next round, but they want to just choke a three, one lead. I was just like, wow. Yeah, that was even that was disappointing. Bojan, that happened. Like they they went up three one without Bojan. Yeah, so you expect them to close the deal? Yeah, I expected them to really close out the deal, and they just choked. Oh my god, I never seen anything. That's but that was even worse than what the Clippers did. So it, you know, my mind got off of it quick. Yeah. So who are who are some of the other people in your um MVP rankings? Kevin Durant, LeBron. Uh, hmm. I would even throw in Giannis this year. I, I honestly wouldn't. Um, Giannis Loki is having such a good year, but like the team is like underperforming. I guess you could say. Yeah, it's just like not what we're used to seeing from, you know, the Bucks. However, the whole league, the whole association got better. That's why the Bucks can't do what they used to do. Like the you know? Bucks are do the Bucks used to do what Utah is doing right now. Yeah. They used to like steamroll teams, get hot from three, but like they sacrificed some of that depth when they went after Drew Holiday. 
And then and then they started missing Drew Holiday and then they started going on a losing streak and then here they are now. They're like 19 and 13. They're mm-hmm. still pretty good, but like not to the level that we thought they could be. Yeah. I w- one thing that ca- that came across my mind as I was thinking about things, I was like, what if they didn't say what if they didn't trade for Holiday and they just saved their assets for like a potential Harden trade and Harden ended up there? They they couldn't even find out. But yep. that would have definitely been a they would have been a threat to they would have Philly and Brooklyn and it probably would have pushed Philly to Russian trade Ben Simmons because Houston really wanted Ben Simmons. That's how much like nobody really talks about. They really wanted Ben Simmons to the point like in the first pod we just kept talking about like if Philly just decides to give up Ben Simmons, uh, we're gonna see James Harden and Joel Embiid probably the best shooting guard right now and the best center of all time. I mean all time. Whoa. Whoa, let me not disrespect the best centers of all time, but the best center of our time right now playing on the same team. Like, that was so yeah. close to happening. But It was. Hey. So, but yeah, um, unfortunate. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. And, I mean, at least Giannis gets paid. So, if you're going to if you're, if you're be at least, like, not all the way contending, at least get your bag. So. Right. But um, as we're recording this, the NBA games are starting to get on. And we got an exciting matchup tonight, Utah versus the Lakers, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all we have for today. Thank you, Ajayi, for coming on once again. You know, we definitely will do this again. And especially if the Brooklyn Nets and the Knicks meet in the playoffs. For sure, um, for sure. Appreciate you for having me, man. Always No doubt, no back. doubt. It's always good to talk hoops with you. Um, you want to let the people know where they can find you? Yeah, you guys can find me at Jai Brown on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. All right. And make sure if you are listening on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever, hit that subscribe or follow. Leave a rating, a review. Helps me out a lot. And that's it.